Thank you so much for tuning in to Encounter AZ's podcast. We are believing that God is going to use this ministry to change your life. Now enjoy the message. Happy Mother's Day, everyone. For those of you who are mothers here and those of you, some of you maybe this morning that Mother's Day brings about some painful feelings from the past for you this morning. We just pray the comfort of the Lord to you this morning um, on this day where we celebrate mothers and and we celebrate you as well. And we're believing that um, God's going to minister to your pain this morning if you're one of those people that this brings up hard feelings uh, on these days of the year to you. Hey, I want to continue our series this morning uh, called Jesus Is. And uh, this morning is kind of a little different. But um, I really felt like I wanted to preach this message. I almost just said this is a standalone message, but I said, you know what? In keeping with our series, we're going to say this is part of the Jesus Is series. And the title of my message is All the Way Up. All the Way Up. Turn to your neighbor and say, All the Way Up. Some of you young people don't act like you don't know the song, All the Way Up. Um, I want to read some verses to you this morning from Exodus chapter 24. I'm really excited to share with you some things that God's put on my heart this week. Exodus chapter 24. We're going to kind of jump around. We're going to read three verses uh, that I want to speak from this morning. The first one we're going to read is verse 2, and then we're going to jump to verse 9, and then we're going to read verse 13, okay? And just to give you a little background on this, the Israelites, they've they've come out of Egypt, and they're they're standing at the foot of Mount Sinai, and uh, there's some different commands that happen here from the Lord. The verse 2 says, But Moses alone is to approach the Lord. The others must not come near, and the people may not come up with him. Okay, so the people are to stay at the bottom of the mountain. Okay, so this is the bottom. Verse 9 says, Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and the 70 elders of Israel went up. That's the middle. Okay, they went up partially um, with all these elders. and, And then verse 13 says, Then Moses set out, and Joshua his aide, and Moses went up on the mountain of God. This is the top. So we got the bottom, where all the people are. We got the middle, where some elders went up. And then we got the top, where only Moses and Joshua went up. See, Moses and Joshua had some special access. They had special access. I don't know um, if you know this about me, and I don't mean to brag, but I need you to know this morning that um, I know what this is like. I'm actually part of a prestigious club. I don't know if you knew that about me. But we pay a membership fee every year to keep the riffraff out. Um, Inside the club, we have an exclusive eatery. It's very nice. Um, We get free snacks and exclusive offers that other people can't get. If you don't know what I'm talking about yet, um, don't hate if you're not in a club like this, but I'm a member of this club called Costco, and it's pretty exclusive. I don't mean to brag or put myself above anybody this morning, but it's pretty awesome. So I know what it's like to be part of an exclusive club um, and to go up to the mountain of the Lord. I have eaten Costco samples, taste and see that the Lord is good, amen? But I know what, it, what they felt like. They, w- they went up and they had exclusive access. But just to give you a little background before we go on here this morning, Israel had been in Egypt in slavery for 400 years. Okay, uh, they'd been praying to God to send someone to deliver them, to send help. God raised up a man named Moses to come and bring deliverance to Israel, to come out of Egypt, out of slavery. He raised up this man named Moses. Moses was a fugitive and a murderer. Okay, so if you're feeling bad about yourself this morning, you're not as bad as you thought. Right now, already you're encouraged, right? Uh, one run writer put it this way about Moses. They said the first 40 years of Moses' life, he thought he was somebody. 
And then he was raised, if you don't know, he was raised in Pharaoh's household and, and, and the Egyptian ruler's household. And he thought he was somebody. The second 40 years of Moses' life, he realized he was nobody. How many of you know if you think you're somebody, God can't really use you until he puts you through a season where you realize you're nobody without God? So if you're in a season right now where God's not using you and you feel like you're kind of on a shelf, don't worry. That's a good time to realize that God is somebody and you're nobody. I know your mama on Mother's Day may have told you your whole life, you are amazing. She had to. She's your mom, okay? Um, she told you you were beautiful, you were handsome. She told you all these things, and you, prob- and you are. But some of you single guys, you're just waiting for other girls to realize how handsome your mom said you are, right? But... It'll happen someday. But, but Moses, in his last 40 years, he was 80 years old before God started using him. So I want to tell you this morning, I don't care how old you are. If you're still breathing, God still wants to use you. But when Moses was 80 years old, remember his first 40 years, he thought he was somebody. His next 40 years, he realized he was nobody. And in his last 40 years, this writer said, he realized that God can use anybody. In his last 40 years is when Moses did all of his ministry and so we pick up the story um, along there, and there's, there's a line that's mentioned six times in Exodus involving this deliverance from Egypt with the Israelites, and I think it's important that we focus on this line this morning. Uh, it says in Exodus six times, go and set my people free so that they can worship me in the wilderness. Not in the promised land, in the wilderness. Because it's easy to re- worship God when you've received the promise, Right? When you're on the top of the mountain and you're praising God, oh, God is so good. It's easy to worship God. But how many know God desires our worship when we're in the wilderness? And nobody likes wilderness. God did not say on the sixth day, let there be wilderness, and it was good. That didn't happen. That's not in the scripture. Nobody likes it. But sooner or later, we're all going to go through a wilderness, and Israel found themselves in the wilderness. And in this story, I see three different types of deliverance that God brought about in their life. The first one is he delivered them from their surroundings. He delivered them from their surroundings. They were around plagues in Egypt, but were untouched by them. And some of you this morning, you grew up in the same neighborhood and in the same surroundings as some other people, but they didn't make it out. They made the same mistakes you did, but they never made it out. And you've been wondering why, and I want you to know God had his hand on your life. There were some things that he delivered you out of that should have got you, that got your friends and the people that were in it with you, and you're wondering, why am I still here? Because God's not done with you yet. He delivered you out of some circumstances and some surroundings the same way he did to Israel. The second thing that he delivered them from. He delivered them from what had them. He delivered them out of Egypt. Some of you, he delivered you out of drugs or alcohol. Some of you, he delivered you out of some bad relationships. Some of you, he delivered you out of religion. But how many of you know you are only here because God brought you out of something? Um, he, we, we act like sometimes like he never delivered us from anything. Like we just deserve to sit here. Like we're supposed to sit here whole and in our right mind and we earned it. Can I tell you that it was nothing but the hand of God that physically delivered you out of that thing and that you can sit here and even worship him this morning? We can't get caught up and think that we earned it in any way. And you know what? We should be able to tell what God delivered you out of by your praise. Let Deliver my people so they can go into the wilderness and worship me. The, the result of them getting out was supposed to be worship. That's why when I worship God, you better be able to tell that I know I'm not supposed to be where I am today. I'm supposed to worship him because I remember what I came out of. But some of us, we start to treat 
the presence of God like it's a common thing, don't we? It's just church. It's just, it's just Jesus. Like, it's just, it's the same thing. I, you know, I'm going, I'm doing my due diligence. I'm reading my Bible every day. Can I tell you, it should never be a common thing to come into the presence of the Almighty God, the one that puts, knit us together in our mother's womb and actually died on the cross because he called us back to himself and we didn't deserve it. It should never be a common thing that the people have to come to church and beg you to raise your hands or to open your mouth. It should not be a common thing to worship God. It's not common. He delivered us out of something. We don't even deserve to sit here in our right mind. There's some other people that aren't sitting here that went through the same things I did, but they didn't make it out because God had his hand on my life. Just ask my praying mom how many years she sat and worried and prayed for me. I shouldn't be here, but God brought me out of some things. That's why my worship is all the way up. My worship is on 99 because I don't, I don't forget where I came from or what God brought me out of. He delivered me out of some things. And if you're sitting here and you're like me, you better give God praise for about five seconds right now and say, I came out of something and I don't deserve to be here, but God, you brought me this far and you're not done with me yet. We worship you, Jesus. Can I tell you a story? Jen and I, we went, we went to a movie recently. It was, it was a very spiritual movie. It was about these supernatural people that they were used by God and they, and they came out of, they brought, they fought against the power of darkness. Let's just say that, okay? Does that make it spiritual enough for you? Some of you uh, this morning are thinking, oh, it wasn't godly. Let me tell you before you say it wasn't godly. It starred a man named Peter, but this Peter didn't walk on water. He swung from buildings, okay? And spoiler alert, just when it looked like the enemy had won, I'm just kidding. I wouldn't do it to you. I'm just kidding. But can I tell you, Jen and I, we went to this movie, and we were on a date, you know, and it was one of these movie theaters with the reserved seats now, with the recliners, where you just go there to take a nap, let's be honest. But we got there, and there was people in our seats. Have you had this happen? There was people sitting in our seats, and, and I walked up, and I, and I calmed my, myself, and I said, you're a pastor, Brent. You got to be godly. And I walked up, and I said, excuse me, sir, but I think these are our seats. Do you know they were so salty? All of a sudden, they grabbed their popcorn and their milk duds like they were so mad, like they thought they deserved these seats. Can I tell you that sounds like some church people that I know? That you forgot that you don't deserve to be here, that we don't even deserve to be in a, in a relationship with a God that we've rebelled against and we've sinned against, but we sit here in our right mind and say, you know what? My praise is going to be for God because he's delivered me out of something. I don't deserve to be seated here where I am. The third thing that he delivered them from was, he delivered them from what was blocking them. And many of you know the story that the Israelites were delivered out of Egypt and then um, the heart of Pharaoh was hardened and he decided, go get the Israelites. We're, t we're bringing them back. They, the Israelites were backed up against the Red Sea. And all of a sudden, the chariots of Pharaoh were coming up behind them, and God supernaturally brought an east wind that dried up the Red Sea. They walked across on dry ground, the Bible tells us. And it says something interesting at this point. It says that they were being led by, by this cloud of God. They said this cloud actually goes around them, in, in between them and Pharaoh, that Pharaoh couldn't even see the Israelites. In fact, it goes on and says that God jammed the wheels of the chariots. 
Can we stop complaining about what got to us and start saying, thank you, God, for the things that you jammed up that wanted to get to me but never got to me, and I'm still here because you jammed some things up, that you jammed up the wheels? The Bible is amazing. There were some things coming after you that God jammed up. That'll preach. There's some things that God had his hand in stopping. I'm not going to complain about the problems. I'm going to stand here in the wilderness and give God praise for what didn't make it to me. That I'm still even seated here. I got my issues and I got my things that want to bring me down. But guess what? God jammed up some things that would have killed me, but I'm still going. I'm going to worship him in the wilderness. But the Israelites, they come and instead of worship, they, they complain. You know what they should have said? They should have said, but they didn't, that God, you brought us out here. And we don't have any water, but you are the God who can provide water even in the wilderness. And we trust you that you're going to do it. They didn't say that at all. They started to complain. Have you ever met a complainer? If they're seated right next to you, don't look. It's Mother's Day, okay? Don't look at them. Um, Just keep looking forward. But complainers are never satisfied with any season they're in. There's always something to complain about. I just wish I had kids. And then I just wish my kids were out of diapers. Then you know what? I wish I didn't have all this responsibility of kids. I wish I could go do what I want. Or another person might say, I wish I had a better paying job. And then they get a better paying job and say, I wish I didn't have to work these hours. I'd like to have my weekends off. I'd like to have, you know what? Or then maybe they're the person who says, I wish I could just find a wife. And then they get married and say, you know what? I miss being single. I wish I was single. There were some things I didn't realize. Or maybe they're the person that says, I wish I I had a ministry. I wish God would use me. But then on the same token, they're complaining. I'm saying, I wish God would quit putting broken people in my life. Why does God keep surrounding me with all these people? I'm trying to do ministry. Or maybe you're the person who says, I wish I had a house. God brings you a house and you say, I wish I didn't have all these bills. Why do I have to have all these bills? This is terrible. Because we're complainers and, we're, and we can be never satisfied with any season that we're in. But can I ask you this morning, can you choose that no matter what season you're in this morning to be a worshiper in the middle of the wilderness and say, you know what, I can choose to complain or I can choose to say, my God has brought me this far. And even though I'm in the wilderness, I'm going to lift up a praise because he's still the God of the wilderness. The Israelites, they say, I can't believe God brought us out here to die of thirst. Can you believe this? We had water in Egypt. This is terrible. We should have stayed in slavery in Egypt. Many of you, you need to be careful this morning that your complaint doesn't outrun your praise. That your praise needs to come first. That God called them out into the wilderness to praise, not to complain. They didn't do that. They didn't worship at all. But you know what? He still gave them water. That's why, like I told you many times, I'm glad that he's God and not me, because they ain't getting any water, okay? They're going to they're gonna get some pickle juice. Ooh, that's not... Um, we're not getting into that this morning, okay? Now they're hungry. Now the Israelites got water, and now they're hungry, and they're saying, oh, do you remember the leeks and the onions and the garlic we had in Egypt? Oh, it was so nice. What in the world is even a leek in the first place? Where do you buy a leek? This is the real Hunger Games, people. It would have been better if we stayed in Egypt than starved to death out here. Can I tell you, God still fed them. They brought a complaint to God, and he was, he was so patient with them. They desire, he desired a worship, but they brought 
a complaint. But I think this morning we need to understand that we can worship God in the wilderness, that before a need is even met, God, we can lift up a praise to you and say, God, I believe that you're the provider, that you brought me this far, that you're not going to leave me without a home. You're not going to leave me without food on my table or a drink to get through the day. Lord, I believe that you love us. And that, and like David said, I was young and now I'm old and I've never seen God's seed uh, forsaken or begging for bread. And Lord, this morning we just we just say that that's true in our own lives. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for that person this morning who's going through a time where they're waiting on you and they're in the wilderness and they don't know what's going to happen. Lord, I pray your peace in the wilderness as they lift up a worship to you. You are God over the wilderness in their life this morning. Then they, the Israelites, they go to this mountain that's called Sinai. God says, I'm going to settle on the mountain. God's presence is on top of the mountain and it appeared to them on the bottom like a fire and a smoke on top of the mountain. And there was people at the bottom. And then we talked about the leaders that went up to the middle. And then we talked about Moses and Joshua who went to the top. So we got the bottom, we got the middle, and we got the top. There are three different types of people here this morning. Three different types of people. Um, There are those that are at the foot of the mountain. Who's at the foot of the mountain this morning? Let's find out by discussing what happens at the foot of the mountain. At the foot of the mountain, the the Bible tells us that uh, something interesting happens. Moses goes up the mountain, and people start to act differently without Moses around. How many know it's easy to lift up your hands and worship in church, but sometimes we go home and um, we don't act like that anymore when we're not in this building? It's real easy to lift up a praise to God at church, but sometimes we go outside and we go down to the bottom of the mountain and we began to act a little differently. Moses leaves. They say, what happened to Moses? We don't know what happened to him. They begin to have um, uh, what we call, I guess, a party. They start eating and drinking and playing, the Bible says. It even says that they get naked, okay? This is like, what in the world is going on? This is like a party that would make Lady Gaga say, you people are gross. Like, what are you doing? This is sick. Um, this party, let's just say, was turned all the way up, okay? <laughs> this, is, this is a party that they're having, and Moses hears a sound coming from the foot of the mountain. I imagine he heard something like Cardi B and said, what in the world is happening? You call that music? What in the world is happening at the bottom of the mountain? They'd taken all of this gold and all of these blessings, and they began to put it in a fire and to make a god out of it. Do you know it's very easy to take your blessings and begin to worship them? You know what we need to be? We need to be a church that's after the blesser more than we're after the blessing. God, you can have the job, you can have the car, you can have the, the money, you can have the title or the platform. Just give me Jesus. And if that's first, that's all I need. It's not just a song I sing in church that all I need is you. God, we are after you this morning. You can have all that. I just want God. But these people, they're at the bottom, and, and their very connection to God had been Moses. And now, and now they've been surviving in their relationship with God through a man who would talk to God for them. Sounds like some church people I know. And then when Moses was gone, all of a sudden they started to not know what to do with themselves. Can we understand that you will never get far with God and get into the presence of God if you're relying on someone else to feed you? You need to learn to go to the mountain yourself and go up and say, God, I want to get in your presence by myself. No preacher, no worship leader, no ministry is going to take me there. They're a blessing to me, and we love to minister and to help each other. But can I tell you, you got to learn to eat for yourself. you got to learn to go up for yourself, or you are not going to make it. You're going to spend your time at the bottom of the mountain. 
Then those at the middle, they're different. So this ladder here, this is not something we forgot to put away because we were painting. I actually want to use this this morning as kind of an illustration of those at the bottom. And then we have those in the middle. And the Bible says that some leaders, they went up to the middle. And it actually says that in the middle, they had, this represents an encounter with God because the Bible says they actually saw the feet of God. These people saw God that went up to the middle. The, the leaders, they, they had a different access than those at the bottom. They had an encounter with God that the, those at the bottom never saw. Can I tell you, an encounter with God will take you from an intellectual Christianity to an experiential Christianity? Every single person here needs to get to a place where you not only knowing God and believing God with your head, but you've experienced him in your heart. No person is ever at the mercy of an argument who's at an encounter with God. Um, just an example of that would be if my daughter, who, who God bless her, sometimes doesn't listen all the time. If she's in the kitchen and I tell her that stove is hot, don't touch it. She can believe in her head, but, but there's something inside of her. I, call, I think it's the devil. We need to pray for her. But she will, I'm just kidding. But she will reach out her hand, even though I told her, and she will touch that stove. But in the moment that she touched that stove, how many know he's no, she no longer only knows with her head that that stove is hot, now she has had an experience with that stove. It doesn't matter who comes into that kitchen and says, I can prove to you that stove is not hot. In fact, I can prove to you that stove doesn't even exist. It doesn't matter. She's already touched it. She's had an experience. No argument can tell her that stove is not hot. We need an encounter with God. And many of you here this morning, you've had that. If you haven't had that, I believe in Jesus' name this morning, you're going to have an encounter with God. I believe this morning, you're going to ascend the mountain. It's not only going to be something you believe with your head, but we all need an experience. We need an encounter. Those of you who've had an encounter this morning, what have you been doing since you had that encounter? Have you gone back down the mountain to tell those at the foot of the mountain about the encounter? Maybe you've gone back down the mountain and, and kind of forgotten about the encounter and just fell into everything that they're doing at the foot of the mountain. This is very important because a lot of us here, we've had this encounter, and some of us, we're, we're middle people, but if you aren't going back to the bottom and you aren't going up to the top, we look like a lot of church people who, who sit in the middle and just say, I'm just going to worship till heaven. I don't, and we, we spiritualize and say, I don't want to go back down there. I don't, I'm not made like I'm different. I'm supposed to be separate from the world. No, you're not. You're supposed to get an encounter with God for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. And so we need to understand that God wants to reach the world and he wants to use us to do it. And that means, you know what? I can't just sit in church on Sunday in the middle and say, I'm just going to sit here and encounter God over and over until I get to heaven. And then the same token, we can't sit in the middle and say, this is good enough. This is good enough. Can I tell you, God wants to take you higher. He wants to take you up to a new level, to a new thing, because there's always more of God. You can't get satisfied with what you've received from God. You can't just sit here and think that's it. God is calling you higher. If you're still here, God is not done yet. We go from glory to glory. Don't get comfortable. There's sides of God you haven't experienced yet. I don't care how much experience with God you have. God is the creator. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. Every creative idea throughout history has come from God. You can't tell me that we've experienced everything from our creator, God. God has more for us. Or maybe some middle people, maybe you're a middle person who, who sits in the middle and says, hmm, 
Let me tell you how it used to be. Can I tell you God is the same in 2018 that he was in 1969 and he wants to do the same thing even more than he did then that you can't survive off experience a long time ago? We got to say, God, I want a new encounter. I want to experience a new level of you. How many of you have ever gone through a season where you're living off an old encounter? You know, every, every night my kids, they take a shower or a bath and they use new water. Can you imagine how nasty it would be if every day I said, go take your bath and use that same water that's been in there for weeks that you've been using? That's gross. Can I tell you, some of us have been surviving off an old encounter with God that know what God doesn't want you to keep telling the same testimony. He wants to give you a new testimony in 2018 to tell of his goodness and what he's still doing because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Maybe you're like Aaron that you come up to the middle and you experience these things with God. He went up with the leaders to the middle. But then you know what ha- the Bible tells us? He went back down and he got caught up in the creating of this false God. Maybe you've had an encounter with God and there was a time where you were doing everything that you felt like God was calling you to do, but you came back down and, and you don't even remember the last time you've gone up the mountain. You've come to church and, you, and you've done things and you've served and, and you've worshiped and you've lifted your hands. But can I tell you, there's, there's a difference between those things and actually having an encounter with God. And Aaron, he came down and the Bible tells us that he was caught up in all these things and making this false God at the foot. Maybe you go up to the middle and, and you fit in great at church and you know all the right things to say, but then you go back down and you fit in great at the bottom as well. You blend in anywhere you are. In church, you're blending in with church people, but you go to work and and you go around your friends and you can act just like them. Can I tell you, our worship in the middle should affect how I act on the bottom. Everyone around me should should know where I've been and, and I've been to the middle and I've had an encounter with God and it should affect how I act on the bottom because I should it's there's it's there's no point in going to the middle if I come back down the same. God wants us to have an encounter and he wants us to change us. Can I tell you that if some of you would let the, what is happening in the middle affect what you do on the bottom, you would have revival in your family. You would have revival in your workplace. You would have revival all around you if you would just take what happens in the middle and bring it down to the bottom and tell somebody, hey, I can't act like that anymore because of what I saw. I saw God and I, I got to tell you that God is the same for you and he wants you to come up and we need to start pulling people up with us. Can I have you help me, Christian? Hold the ladder for me so I don't die, okay? I'm going to do a backflip. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Those of you in leadership, you, get, you can't get comfortable in the middle. You can't get comfortable in the middle. We got to come back down and tell people the difference. We got to come back down and tell people that God has done something in our lives and he's made us different. This is the church game we play and our comfort is killing our ministry. This is a church game we play. I go up on Sunday, but then I'm the same on Monday. And then Sunday comes around again, let's go up. I like the goosebumps. I like the way that it feels when we come together and we lift our hands. But then I go back on Monday and I'm the same. This is a powerless Christianity and it ain't going to change a city. It is not going to change your family. It is not going to deliver you from drugs and alcohol. God wants you to have an encounter with him to affect everything around you. There is revival waiting on you getting to the middle. Quit playing church. 
Can I get the worship team to come back up and help me? I'm feeling spiritual this morning. Just kidding. But you got to know this morning that it is important what we do when we're in the middle. When do we get so comfortable that in church we can, we can come to church and act like we have it all together, but we have to beg people to open their mouth and worship God? When do we get so comfortable? Because can I tell you, for some of you, I remember when you were at the foot of the mountain with no freedom. You, got, you had no money, no place, no, no food, and, and now all of a sudden we've gotten to a place where we have those things and we're comfortable? Come on, our worship should be on the degree of what we've received from God. Our worship is a reflection of our gratitude for where God has brought us from. We can't get so comfortable that we act like we deserve what's in the middle. Every time I go higher, I, need, I should be giving God a higher praise. Will you lift up your hand this morning if you've come out of something and just say, God, I'm going up. Every leader in this place, God, who's come out of something, I believe they're saying, God, I want more. Jesus, that's our declaration this morning. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. We need more. This city needs more. My family needs more of you. More of you, Jesus. I want you in every area of my life, in every area of my family, everywhere I go. God, I want to, if I come back down, I want people to see the change in me. We need you, Jesus, in our families. More of you, God. More of you, God. More of you, God. God's calling you up higher this morning. And, and the purpose is that I've been living in the middle for years, but... Sooner or later, I go higher, and Christian's going to help me. But you know what the purpose is? Is for come around this side. Is that when I get higher, you know what I can start to do? I can start to take the hand of someone, and, and I can pull them up. So you got to come up. you got to see what God is going to do, because I see more in you than you see in yourself. And God has greater plans for you, and he brought me up, and he's bringing you too. Because you know what? I'm not always going to be here to pull you up. You got to go up for yourself. You got to learn that if I don't learn to go up, then there's other people around me who aren't going up. I got to go up, not for me. I got to go up for them. I got to stop playing church. I got to stop playing around at the bottom. And I got to go up because somebody else needs to take my hand. And I'm pulling them up. I'm pulling up my mom. I'm pulling up my dad. Whatever it is in your life, that person that you're pulling up, I'm pulling up my friend at work. Because if they see me going up and I can say, hey, God's take calling you up too. I'm speaking life to you because God has more in you than you even know. And I'm taking you up. You know what happens when we pull people up? We're not pulling them to ourselves. We're pulling them to the presence of God and saying, hey, it's real. you got to experience this. I've seen it. I've experienced it. I've had an encounter. I've seen the glory of God, and you gotta, you got to experience it for yourself. Because can I tell you something this morning? If you've never had an encounter with God, it will wreck the rest of your life. There is no going back once you've seen God and had this encounter with Him. And some of you, you need it because you keep playing around and acting like this world has something to offer you that's going to make you happy. And it's okay to go to church and come out to the middle and go back down and act like those things are going to bring you life. Quit looking for life in dead things and understand that life is in the name of Jesus. It's nowhere else. God, we need to go up this morning. God, we need your presence like we, we saw it on the Mount Sinai. We need to go up this morning. 
Father, we're taking other people with us. Can I show you one more time? Bruce, come up to the ladder, will you? Can I show you what real leadership and the goal of ministry should be? Let me hold the ladder for you. You go up. You go up and you go higher than I've ever gone. Father, I thank you for revealing something in them. And I'll hold the ladder so they can go up, Lord. And I'll say, God, would you use them? And would you show them what you put in them? Because there's people around them who need to go up, Lord. And it's not about me. It's about bringing people to your presence, God. We're going all the way up. Don't fall. Let yourself down. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we're not satisfied staying in the middle. God, the bottom certainly hasn't satisfied us. We want to go up. Would you stand up to your feet with me this morning? Would you grab the hand of the person next to you? Father, I pray for every person who stands around me this morning saying, God, if they haven't had that encounter, Lord, I'll pull them up. I'll go up with them, Lord, because they need it, Jesus. We need to go higher. We need more of you. You're the answer for my family. You're the answer for my depression. You're the answer for anxiety. Every issue in this city, you are the answer, and I'm going up. Will you go up with me? Father, in the name of Jesus, we just declare that this is a house for your presence to dwell, a house where the glory cloud can fall. We're going from glory to glory, and I pray in the name of Jesus the Holy Spirit have your way in this place we need an encounter with you I want to invite you up right now you're holding the hand of somebody who maybe has never encountered God I want you to say to him right now I'll go up with you come on I'm taking you up let's go up come on up we're gonna have the prayer teams come come up come up in the name of Jesus we just declare power that you're the same yesterday today and forever God we don't want any plastic Christianity we want an encounter Christianity where we're going back up over and over over in the name of Jesus. Come on, worship him. God, I thank you that you've made a way, Lord, that the presence of God is no longer an exclusive place, but when you died on the cross, the veil was torn to the holy place, and this morning we come in, Lord. I believe this morning you're saying to some, I welcome you in. You were not cast out. You were not cast aside. Father, we just pray the weight of our sins off of us this morning. In Jesus' name, in your presence, we're reminded that you love us, that you gave your life for us, God. The weight of all this life that's been on our shoulders, we cast it off. There's a weight shift taking place in Jesus' name over somebody's life this morning. I feel like God is saying to someone, there is more for you than you've been living in now. In the name of Jesus, I just declare it is time for you to come up out of mediocre Christianity, out of making excuses of why you don't need to be in church, why you don't need to worship, why are you so busy. It's time to stop making excuses for why not and start making excuses to get into the presence of God, to get to the holy place. Father, we just declare in the name of Jesus, it's a new season, breaking off every chain from the last season because we're no longer satisfied with what's happening at the base of the mountain. God, we want to live our life going up and coming down to change others. Going up and coming down to change others, God, because the time is short. 
and the need is greater than ever before, the need in your family right now, I just want you, before we leave this place, to lift up your hands and say, God, you know every need in my family, and you are the God over every heart. We're, I believe in Jesus' name that he's softening every hard place in that family member's heart. I believe in Jesus' name that he's going to begin to break the chains off of their life that they don't even know were there, and they're denying it, and they're saying they're not addicted, and they're not depressed, but you see it all over them. In the name of Jesus, I pray for an encounter that I'm taking down the mountain and I'm pulling them up with me. I just feel like we need to worship for a couple more minutes. If you need to slip out, you can go ahead and do so. But come on, let's go up the mountain. Don't leave here with the same burden you came in with. Take it to Jesus right now. He's in this place.